This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome to episode three of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And I wanted to share an update in this episode around chronic fatigue syndrome and the diagnosis that I got before coming away to Guatemala, uh, which is where I currently am in the world, and the events that led up to this diagnosis, including the symptoms and and how I view chronic illness, the things that I've learned, uh, and just a general kind of insight into this period of my life, I guess. So if you haven't already listened to story part one and two, that will probably give you some good insight into some of the themes or events that may have really led up to having chronic symptoms and so feel free to go back to listen to those for some, I guess, deeper insights um, towards the earlier part of my life. And today I will share really from about 2021, sort of summertime from when I really began getting symptoms, mind-body symptoms, um unexplainable symptoms that persisted for quite some time. Okay, so I will start from sharing a little bit more, a little a bit of insight around the symptoms and things that began happening in my body. Um, so around sort of summertime of 2021, I began getting these um, physical pains in my abdomen so lower um like left iliac fossa like right down to my left side and it began kind of quite randomly and I just remember at this point I had spent um the years previous really coming out of a really heavy uh and debilitating um, condition with depersonalization and derealization disorder. And I had healed by this point. And I remember realizing that I had healed. And all of a sudden, I began to notice these physical symptoms in my body. And when I started getting these cramps, I became a bit scared because they were new. I'd never had them before. It didn't feel like anything I'd ever had connected to kind of digestive issues and things I'd always struggled with. Um, and I immediately thought that I had 
something wrong with um kind of my womb my reproductive area and the copper coil that I had um put in for um like the year before and so I took myself away to get scans and tests and things like that um the copper coil was actually fine like it hadn't like pierced anything it hadn't moved place so that was all fine but I kind of went through all these tests and in the end kind of took myself to A&E and decided to get my copper coil taken out because I was really fearful at this time that like it was that because I couldn't think like what else would it be um and so I had these tests they went through um different avenues kind of gynecology and then um they did actually find some incidental cysts which um at this stage yeah are are fine is something that is not connected to what these pains were um they come up as benign and they're still something that I get checked but they were not connected to these cramps so we went down these this path of colonoscopies and tests and the end kind of result was a diagnosis of IBS and that these cramps were actually colon spasms so I began to do a lot more breath work and deep belly breathing because I was like if they're colon spasms then and it's connected to IBS this is connected to my vagus nerve which is running from my gut up to my brain and wandering connecting to other parts of my body and so perhaps this is all stemmed from this you know these real intense two and a bit years um, of being in a really high traumatic stress response. And so I continued to do this and the cramps got slightly better, but over the next, I would say six months um, and further on, like I began getting more and more other symptoms. So the main kind of symptoms that I had were... um, flu-like symptoms and crashes so I'll address them as crashes for now they're commonly maybe talked about as post-exertional malaise which was um, something I later learned but for me how this looked was flu-like symptoms constantly um, being unwell with the flu and losing my voice Um, they started off less frequently every couple of months which for me did feel like quite a lot um then increasing up to every sort of two weeks I was becoming really unwell where I'd have to take time off work and spend time in bed and have like three or four days completely out um and sometimes in these episodes where I couldn't do anything I was sometimes really nauseous um i had a really sort of upset stomach like things were really not good on my digestion front and other times it was purely just fever flu like complete inability to do anything and always losing my voice so that was something that was a bit worrying as, as well i was like okay so why now am i suddenly becoming unwell to the point where i'm not able to um yeah like continue with my normal life and so along with the 
flu-like symptoms, it became headaches, um, a lot of bloating, a lot of brain fog. And so in between these crashes, there actually came a time when my body was just feeling like I wasn't recovering at all. So fatigue, real kind of fatigue here to the point where my cognitive function was declining a lot. I wasn't able to um, read and work and do many of the things that I would normally be able to do. And of course, adding to these symptoms was a lot of stress of the unknown of what is going on with my body. Why is this happening right now? And why am I unable to recover? You know, I'm giving myself rest when I need to. And yeah, it was very, very difficult and confusing. And so after many, many doctor's visits, it was probably, um, yeah, it was about 18 months of doctor's visits, tests. It took so long for everything to come back. I think they like lost results and it was just a, a big mess. Um, and f over time, things were getting worse and worse and worse. I went through private healthcare. And in the end, I actually had to go and do all of this research on my own. And like, really, there was no one giving me any answers at all. And as I said, everything was just taking such a long time. Like, people were just like, we don't know what's wrong. Like, uh, it could be this, it could be stress, but we're not finding anything in your tests, like you're fine. And so there was a lot of this going on. And I found, yeah, an alternative path. Um, and I finally got this diagnosis, um, which is known as chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS, very much connected and under the same umbrella as uh, ME, myalgic encephalomyelitis, many, many kind of overlapping symptoms. And there is, you know, this is the case with a lot of chronic illnesses rooted um, within these types of symptoms. So during this whole time, um, things, as I said, became really bad like they symptoms weren't improving um and I ended up leaving a full-time job which I had alongside um my coaching business where I was uh, working in recruitment in financial services and yeah I just couldn't continue to give anything to the, the job um I stopped coaching my clients and really just had to because of the symptoms stop everything that I was doing things that probably weren't so aligned as I'll come on to probably in a bit um, but also things that I really really loved and so really the quality of my life really began to decline and it was a really hard time just trying to figure out what was going on. So I was so happy when I got this diagnosis. I was so happy that I could finally take control of my life and do whatever I needed to do to heal. And so I had this mindset from the outset. I had just gone through two and a half years of a real debilitating a condition, as I said, depersonalization and derealization disorder, which was chronic. And it lasted 
for such an extensive period of time that was extremely um, confronting and challenging and it really made me go into my own self-trust because again it was in another invisible um, condition that I was dealing with and I really had to choose to believe that I would recover because again with uh, as with the chronic illness um, space in mainstream kind of medical world like in the medical paradigm um basically yeah there's a lot a lot a lot of information out there that says you cannot heal um and so I chose to have the belief because I was like this is my life I have this one life and I'm going to choose to believe that I'm going to heal and this is what I'm going to do and there's going to be you know, I need one example, just one example of one person who has ever, ever recovered from whatever it is I'm going through to know that I can do this too. And so this is the kind of belief that gave me the courage. It was, you know, not just the last two and a half years, but other events that have been through my life where I've had to make the choice that I don't want to choose to suffer anymore. Like this is the life that I am given and I'm going to make it you know I'm going to make sure that I'm here to enjoy it and whatever I need to do I'm going to do so I persisted with faith and I continued to research understand everything about CFS chronic fatigue syndrome what it meant and then I decided to follow my intuition and I ended up finding a uh, two practitioners, really, really great practitioners who I am extremely grateful for, who um, who I got help and support with to help move through um, all of these symptoms with CFS. Um, and so it was um, with CFS school, with um, Jennifer Mann and Carden Rabin, who gave me these tools, who guided uh, the program for me to be able to really go into these symptoms, understand what chronic illness was and why I had become ill in the first place, and then give me the tools to really work on breaking this cycle to heal. So I think what I'll share with you now is just a brief overview of chronic illness, just for anyone that is listening that yeah, maybe isn't entirely sure what that means. Um, and so chronic illness is symptoms that are persisting for three to six months plus, um, that really, you know, are not recovering from because, um, perhaps the support and the advice that they are going to, or how they understand their bodies, or, you know, looking at mainstream medicine is that we are addressing the symptoms and not addressing the root cause, which means there's still these outdated recovery treatments that that are advising people on how to manage their symptoms and therefore symptoms are being managed and not addressed at the root cause. And so with chronic illness um, and from particularly the ones rooted in psychosomatic symptoms, they are mind-body disorders. There's a lot of research that has gone into this, which is showing that these symptoms are all coming from a, a disconnect, some 
um, faulty kind of wiring and changes within um, our mind-body connection. And so, yeah, there is a lot of uh, research out there now that can really prove this mind-body connection. Um, We know that there's a lot of information around how the mind can influence the body and the body back to the mind. And in mainstream medical um, paradigm, it's really looking at um, the effects of placebos and nocebos. And there's many studies that have been done to show that this, yeah, like the placebo being sat with the idea that you are having something that's going to benefit you can really impact how your body and your mind respond in the same way that a nocebo effect can work when you're being told something that will happen they actually did they've done tests to see how people respond in their levels of pain um a study that I remember around people being um, told where they're being like injected with at, like anesthetic and they one group were told like you're just going to feel a small bee sting and this will be the worst part of the procedure and then the second group were told like something else that like they were going to be numbed out and that it's a local anesthetic and then they'll be really comfortable during the procedure. So they were both told like two different things. And the group that were told that they would feel this little bee sting responded with like over half of the amount of pain within the other group. So it is possible that we can really begin to influence, you know, our body and our mind through, through the beliefs, through the things that we're being told. So I guess this is really relevant for like the symptoms and things that we're experiencing in our body with the way that we respond to our symptoms. If we're responding to our symptoms in fear, if we're responding to the belief that we can't heal chronic illness and we're in a lot of fear, this is of course going to create some deeper physiological um, responses. And also within uh, our recovery process, this is also super, super important. So for me, understanding all of this was like a good reminder, really, of really just the power that we have as human beings to be able to change and respond differently to what we are already thinking. And really just opening up the idea and the understanding that our physical symptoms, these physical symptoms that are very, very real, that are coming in our bodies when we're experiencing mind-body symptoms, are, are there is a, there is a way that we can change this through neuroplasticity and through looking at our nervous system and understanding how our body is working. So... I really decided to look at all of this, uh, understand all of this. And really what I learned was that the chronic symptoms that I was experiencing, the chronic symptoms that were not going away despite me resting, were rooted in nervous system dysregulation. And so what this meant was that where our nervous system has the ability to heal it has the ability to move through different states and we can we can work on making our nervous system more flexible uh to move through states more easily rather than getting stuck in different states of our nervous system and so 
there's many different studies around this. There's lots of uh, insights into the nervous system. I believe that understanding our nervous system is key to changing life and the world. And it really is so amazing. And we really should be taught more about our nervous system and how this can impact us so significantly. Um, and also how we can really begin to change what's going on in our body through understanding and mapping where our nervous system is at. So what I'll share is just that how I see this um, from kind of a scientific lens. And then I'll share maybe, um, yeah, kind of like my experience with this. So what was going on for me really is that and for anyone that's experiencing these symptoms is our bodies are becoming stuck in a chronic state of survival mode, essentially. So we have our window of tolerance. And if you can imagine like a wave, like, um, like a chart where we've got like this up, down, up, down kind of curve, and we're experiencing our optimum level, I guess, of arousal, of being, you know, connected, of being able to just move through the world, um, you know, easily. And then the lines go like super high, they can reach uh, a level of hyper arousal. Um, and when the lines are low, they'll get to a point of hypo arousal. So these different um, stages of looking at our nervous system can be really, really helpful where we'll have like the middle window, which is our window of tolerance, which is where we're working our optimum space. But if we're going too high above or too low below, we'll either enter our hypo or hyper arousal states which will be represented by various different um, things within our nervous system different symptoms and things like that so what's actually happening is when we have chronic symptoms and chronic illness our response to stress is really you know we're not able to manage our response so much because our bodies have been stuck in a chronic state of stress and there will be many factors that lead up to your chronic illness and I'll do another whole episode on um, you know going into this deeper but really there are many many things that will lead up to this point childhood traumas um, you know your your current stresses and yeah the ways that our body can get stuck into these stress responses so we have this window of tolerance, our optimal level that we're able to work in, um, that we're able to be in, we're, you know, we're being connected, we're able to just be, you know, at that good state. And then again, as we kind of go up or down, we enter like a symptom zone, a, a zone where our body is kind of getting stuck in this new normal. So we're becoming chronically, we're, we're staying stuck in this chronic state of stress, this chronic state of survival. And so what would usually happen with a well-functioning nervous system that hasn't been exposed to so much stress and trauma is that it will go up and down and come back to its homeostasis. It will re-regulate and come back into that new, into that window of tolerance. But what's happening when our window of tolerance our capacity to experience stress is significantly decreased due to chronic stress um due to traumas due to overwhelm of the nervous system it begins to get stuck in this response and a whole new normal um 
is created where we are stuck in this symptom zone. So instead of being in homeostasis and re-regulating, it's getting stuck in allostasis. And as a nervous system, that's how it functions to keep us safe, which means it's easy to get stuck because it's it's working so hard to keep us safe. Um, which is always the job of the nervous system to really spend time on keeping us safe. And of course, with this, our nervous system, our body, everything is connected. And so our endocrine system, lymphatic system, all of the different systems within our body, it's all connected. And so, of course, when there's an impact on our nervous system, there is an impact on the rest of our body. And so this is why we develop these symptoms. So for me, really, this was not surprising actually when I reflected on why has this happened to me my journey was you know I'm resting I'm having these crashes and I'm resting and and all of a sudden I'm no longer able to do anything that I was really able to do before suddenly I can't I can't work suddenly I can't go to the gym and recover suddenly I'm resting but then when I come out of these crashes and I continue as normal I'm suddenly not able to continue as normal anymore um and the things I was used to be doing like the same consistent routines the same getting up going to work studying or coaching and going to the gym going you know doing anything that I enjoy doing on my weekends all of that like just became too much for my body to handle and so I really like didn't yeah I was just at the time extremely confused um I knew that my nervous system needed healing I knew that I was doing the work around that I was constantly um relearning new things to be able to help myself um, and I'd gone through a recent training with um, a trauma specialist to become trained as a trauma-informed coach. Um, I'd learned some really amazing tools that I was actually using on myself and also with my clients to really understand and map my nervous system where it was at. But what I didn't have was the tools to help myself navigate out of chronic symptoms. So as much as I could like understand that my nervous system you know, may have needed, um, you know, to feel more safe or if I realised I was in sort of hypoarousal, I would like, you know, give myself whatever I needed to do to help me kind of shift out of that space. But what I didn't know was how to really manage the symptoms um, from a context of mind body symptoms and chronic symptoms so what I learned at CFS school and the tools and things that I've learned elsewhere doing my own research um was really just yeah helping me to build a new relationship to myself and to my body and to really kind of really understand why this had happened in the first place and what I learned was that everything in my life, everything that had been going on were really um, all 
contributing factors. So it wasn't just the two and a half years of spending time in a chronic state of stress. Um, and yeah, overwhelm and terror. It wasn't just the two narcissistic relationships that I had during this time. It wasn't just the one event that happened when I was 15 or 19. It was a collection of everything that had happened in my life and the point that my nervous system had got to where I wasn't addressing and rewiring and healing and focusing on giving myself exactly what I needed. Um, And so there were a couple of common themes that I realised led to this point. So in addition to being highly sensitive, I have a very sensitive nervous system already, which has made me more prone to um, experiencing trauma and overwhelm of the nervous system. And so significant events through childhood, um, some things I've shared, some things I haven't, but things that have, you know, difficult relationships, feeling unseen, feeling like I'm a failure, feeling like I can't cope in this world, feeling like no matter what I do, like things don't work out or that life is hard and having this constant pressure or this perfectionism mindset. So these are just some of the thoughts and themes that I've identified that have been either either current or in the past that have led to a whole collection of behaviours and patterns within my life that became a real, uh, yeah, like part of of how my nervous system kind of got stuck in this space in the first place. So the perfectionism was a real key one. Um, There was a lot ingrained into my subconscious. It's always been a trait that I've been aware of well, I've not always been aware of it, but the moment that I became aware of it, I was always aware that I was living in this state of perfectionism and constantly putting pressure on myself. And so over the years, I've become more and more aware through my own mindset work and coaching through the self-help and things that I've done on myself. But there was actually a lot of new thoughts and a lot of um, really ingrained subconscious programs running in the back that I also wasn't aware of um, because they were so normal to me and it was just maybe a part of my identity that I was like this is my identity the way that I really move through the world and so you know this is when it's difficult to change things because we attach our stories and so much to the way that we show up that we believe that our identity is this thing and that's where we can become really stuck in these these symptoms, these spaces, these patterns that do not serve us. And so on top of that, there was still some misalignment in my life. I believe that I was operating with my energy levels from a real kind of generator space. If you're familiar with human design, um, I really had, yeah, this and i and and i'm working to decondition these processes which is a a process for sure um but to work on allowing myself as a projector um to 
move differently through the world. And I guess in this process of deconditioning, which, yeah, I would say I have begun, you know, for the last couple of years, is that it's not a quick fix. We're undoing patterns that we've learned through our whole lives. And so, of course, if we have learned them and we've been reinforcing them through our own beliefs, through our own behaviours, we are going to have to be patient with this process of deconditioning. And so a lot of that was me being aware of where I could become more in alignment, um, realising that the full-time job that I had wasn't in alignment, it wasn't supportive of my business, which was where my real passion is, um, and I was kind of operating in these spaces, staying, I say, stuck in spaces that I thought I needed to be in because of my beliefs around what was possible for me, what I deserved, what I'm capable of, what my energy is capable of. And I went, had to go on, you know, a whole exploration around this and myself to really understand all of the intricacies, the small subconscious programs that were running that really led to this dysregulation and, and this space that developed into chronic symptoms. And so I think how I'll finish this up is just to kind of take you to where I am at now, which is really, um, you know, I spent these last eight months or so really doing the work on myself, working to heal my nervous system, um, the tools and things that I learned really helped work from the top down and bottom up approach, A, to help with the symptoms and then B, to work on the inner child, the childhood trauma and things like that. Um, and so it's been a consistent process for me to really feel safe enough for me to even decide to come away on this trip to Guatemala, um, to Mexico, actually, I went first, but really you know, I had been working for a few months to really get myself to a place where fatigue had stopped. That was the very first symptom to stop within five or six weeks. Um, and then, yeah, continuing with the work on the symptoms and then also just beginning to really deepen that relationship with my body and really find that trust in myself. And that I, I realized I had the tools. I gained enough confidence um, because I could see the results that I was able to, yeah, move through um, these dips or these crashes that I experienced or move through my symptoms with less and less fear each time that they came up. And that I knew that if I was going to do anything at this point in my life, it was about realigning my life to a place where I felt really fulfilled. And that despite the fear that was underneath all of this, um, you know, the fear around, can I do this? There, there was something inside me that just knew that if I was going to really shift out of this space and really have the life that I deserve, I was going to have to really just lean into that fear and see that fear as a part of me that, you know, wants me to move into these spaces, like following my heart and seeing that fear as like a really good 
um, thing that if I was following my heart, we don't have to be waiting for fear to go because it's not going to go. We have to learn to move through that fear. And this has been something that I have been working on for, for many years. Um, and in this particular case, it was about me choosing what was right for me because so much of chronic illness is rooted in these patterns that are telling us and our inner child that we are, um, that, you know, there's a lot of core wounds here that around not being worthy, around not feeling seen, around not feeling heard, that we are not good enough. All of these things that will eventually, um, you know, that are always being reflected in our outer world through what we believe. We yeah, we get a chance to look at those things and change all of that. Um, And, you know, by becoming simply aware of these patterns and these themes. But that's kind of, yeah, a general um, update, overview, insight into chronic illness um, and kind of where I'm at now. So, Um, I did and have had symptoms since coming away. I've also forgot to use tools in these moments because I'm human and our brains will automatically resort to its most um, familiar pattern and habit of resorting to an old pattern. And it's the awareness that you have in those moments to change those patterns that really is the muscle that you're building. It's like, okay, I realize that I'm in this space. I get to change this. And so there's a lot of that that is continually happening. There's a huge amount of repetition and consistency that's needed to move through this, but it's so possible. And, um, yeah, I'm, I haven't had symptoms for a little while. Um, and, yeah, I think this will be an interesting thing to kind of discuss like symptoms and, you know, how to know when you're maybe healed and how I've navigated those parts specifically. But what I feel is most important, first and foremost, is really, um, you know, if any of this is resonating for you, you're having similar experiences or you know someone that is, hopefully you've found some trust uh, and faith from my sharings and where I'm at now. So, I'm going to leave that one here and I will share more in the next episodes. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.